episode of the show. As always, you're invited here. If you want to join us, you can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever is on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. Joining you tonight, it's Ian and Peakless Mountaineer. 603-283-6160. Coming up, Peakless, you're going to be telling us about Apparently, a town in California has declared its own independence as its own sovereign nation. I'm very interested to hear that story. But also, last night, we teased a story we never got to, and I always feel like i got to make good, uh, if I can, on doing something like that. And this is pretty big, actually. So the you might have heard about the $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill that got whittled down to just a mere one point. Oh, chump trillion dollars. Yeah, no, no uh, big it's deal. Only now. a trillion. Right. Uh, that particular infrastructure bill was passed, and I don't know if it's been signed by Biden, but it's going to be. So it's a pretty much a done deal. Well, given that he's the one that uh, suggested it in the first place, as I understand. Yeah. And now that, of course, the bill has passed, people are able to finally read it because you know they don't do those things uh, beforehand. Because who who could? Uh, these things well, are thousands of pages. Well, that would require that you support Rand Paul and his policy of let's not pass things we haven't read. Yeah, I think Downsize DC also has been pushing for that for years. But of course, politicians will never uh, enact any kind of responsible legislation. Well, like we have that. to pass it before we find out what's in it. Yes. And so now we have discovered, according to DailyMail.co.uk, that this new infrastructure package includes alcohol monitors in all new vehicles starting in 2026 at the earliest congress is requiring that automakers install monitoring systems in their cars to stop drivers from operating their vehicles while intoxicated so it's not good enough that this is something that so far they've only mandated on people who've actually been convicted of dui you know after one two or however many convictions and as I have heard that story, it's a, well, if you want to reduce your sentence, then you can get this installed and agree to da 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 mm. But this is no longer optional, apparently. Yeah, now everyone's a suspect. And just first and foremost, I want to say that I'm totally sure that they will never abuse the power to shut your vehicle down. Or in this case, it won't even start up to begin with, uh, although I suspect they would be able to do it in you know transit as well if they've determined that you've cracked a beer or something like that, uh, and they actually get into well, what's the tech going to be here? Like, what is what? How are they going to determine? Is it going to be the the old tube that you blow into before uh, the thing allows you to start it, or is it going to be something else, something newer? The package is again on the way to the president's desk for a signature. And monitoring systems to stop drunk drivers will roll out in all new vehicles as early as 2026, according to the legislation. First, however, the Transportation Department has to assess what is the best form of technology and give automakers ample time to comply. Department of Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg said Monday that the safety programs included the included in the bill include protecting bike paths and greener spaces built around roadways. Some convicted drunk drivers already have to use devices like this attached to their vehicle's ignition interlock. By blowing into a tube, the system will disable the vehicle if the individual's blood alcohol level is above the legal threshold. So, we've heard about that. But this bill doesn't specify what the technology would be required. It it implies that it would not be a breathalyzer because the system must passively monitor the performance of a driver of a motor vehicle to accurately identify whether that driver may be impaired. So 
not enough to just allow somebody to blow into a tube to start the vehicle. They want to monitor you throughout the entire driving procedure. For however long you're on the road, they want to determine whether or not they think you're impaired. Well, two things. Uh, first off, it's a real shame that in, say, 2030, all those political dissidents decided to start drinking while they were on the highway and just happened to suffer those uh, auto accidents by their vehicle shutting off. And number two, yeah. um, you know, I'm totally sure that this will never get hooked into the vaccine passport or the carbon credit passport that will replace it. Right. Suggesting you might need a vaccine passport to even start a vehicle well you know it, you don't have the key to the city mm-hmm. if you don't have the key to the city you can't drive around why should it? you go anywhere if exactly. you're not allowed to be anywhere the driver alcohol detection system for safety or dad's program is a public private partnership partially funded by the government and is one of the groups currently working on two separate alcohol detection systems that would require no action from the driver the first is a sensor testing the air within the car to detect a driver's blood alcohol levels. However, in order to work, that would need to distinguish between the driver's breath and any potentially inebriated passengers. So it seemed like that's kind of a no-go from, you know, the start. Like, if you've got people who need you as the designated driver, that... Well, then you should have filed your paperwork. That vehicle's going to be full of drunk people. and You had to file your paperwork in order to be the designated driver. And get get the exemption. Uh, The second is an infrared uh, touch sensor to detect blood alcohol levels through the skin that could be built into a steering wheel or a start button on the car. Wow. Yeah. So my steering wheel is going to be a vampire. Well, it's not going to bite you per se, but it will somehow detect alcohol content by scanning you through your skin. Well, I mean, the it's idea. it's the next logical step. I mean, you don't get to determine what the content of your blood is. And so, and I'm sure that this will only be used for this small purpose. Oh, yeah. No, they would never use this to detect the presence of anything else that you don't have a prescription for that might happen to be in your bloodstream and completely reveal all of your bodily you know internal secrets to whoever it is that's monitoring these things if it's one thing we know about government programs is they never expand (laughs) yeah and uh oh they never keep that information either they're of Of course course. gonna just it's gonna be temporary there is no keeping of metadata on the american populace (laughs) clapper told me so and if he'd been lying he would go to jail clapper is what was that the nsa guy Mm -hmm. yeah who, by the way, was caught lying multiple times and proven to be a what? liar by no, Edward Snowden. You can't lie to Congress. <laughs> they put you in jail for that. Not if you're the head of the NSA or what? the former head. You mean of there's the NSA. different rules for people that run the uh, yeah. shadow government? Uh, the president of the Dispil- Distilled Spirits Council of the United States sent Daily Mail a statement saying, quote, yesterday's passage of this Investment and in Jobs Act by the U.S. House of Representatives is commendable and positions the nation to address the 18.4% surge in highway traffic safety deaths in the first half of 2021. You know, I would expect that the Distilled Spirits Council would actually oppose something like this. But well, no, apparently, yeah, apparently they're just embracing it i mean who could possibly be against stopping drunk drivers well don't you want your industry to be regulated no no i don't well then how are you supposed to get on the good side of the regulators yeah (sighs) 
He said further, the legislation includes historic provisions to eliminate impaired driving and is a bold step in the right direction. Another guy, Chris Swanger, I guess same guy, wrote, quote, The legislation is a culmination of more than a decade's worth of work to design vehicles that proactively prevent impaired driving. Provisions in this legislation will provide the resources necessary to finally make these vehicles a reality and potentially save more than 9,000 lives per year. Well, I mean, it's a good thing that no electronic system has ever failed before and that we're so far ahead in our production right now that we can totally take the losses of people being stuck at home. Now, of course, this uh, only affects those cars that will be manufactured after this particular point. So, of course, any serious drunks will obviously be aware of these sorts of things and just not purchase uh, newer vehicles. uh, Unless they're going to start mandating that all older vehicles get retrofitted later on. Who knows what they've got, you know, in store. Because, again, this is still five years down the road, but that will be here before you know it. Wait, you mean people change what they're doing based on the way that they're being regulated? Yeah. No. The ones that are aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, of course, plenty of drunks won't have any clue, but ultimately this is probably going to get, you know, the word's going to get around, I think. All of a sudden, the drunk with gloves is not in jail. It's pretty scary stuff. If you want to weigh in, you're welcome to join us, 603-283-6160. And again, this doesn't mean that I support drunk driving. No. It just means I don't support invasion of your privacy. It's not worth it. However many people that... And what power have they ever avoided abusing? I can't think of any. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And it also means that everybody who's a responsible drinker or a non-drinker is now going to have to pay to have this equipment in their cars when they don't need it. More coming up. It is Free Talk Live. You can join us right here. The number for you, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You know, if you want to weigh in on this first topic, you're welcome to do so. And that is that now uh, this is a this bill has been passed. It's going to be signed by Joe Biden, the infrastructure bill, because, you know, who could be against infrastructure? Uh, they've they've now passed a bill that's going to require all cars as soon as 2026. So you know maybe it'll be 2027. Who knows when they got to get you know they figure out all the details about what technology they're going to use. It's going to require essentially a DUI check in order to drive and continue driving uh, any brand new cars made after 2026. And that's, that's a, that's a done deal. This is moving forward. They just have to figure out what the technology is going to look like. How invasive, uh, is it going to be? I was going to ask, are, are they, are they going to immediately do the, uh, your, your steering wheel can tell what chemicals are in your blood or are they going to wait to institute that for later? Well, it, it doesn't sound like this is immediate. This is going to be 2026 at the soonest. Uh, and it will be all new cars, at least that's the plan right now in this infrastructure bill. If you want to weigh in, the number is 603-283-6160. Tonight with you, it's Ian. And Bigless Mountaineer. And Freedoms Phoenix is a liberty-oriented news aggregation site. If you want the newest and freshest stories and perspectives on current events from those who value liberty, you can find it over at freedomsphoenix.com. They've got up-to-date information on science, technology, historical findings, liberty news, government overspending, and the rise of the police state. 
And uh, you can also sign up for their daily dispatch to keep up to date on all that stuff. Freedomswithansphoenix.com. That's freedomsphoenix.com. But this is, you know, I guess a little bit of a teaser for the total police state that they are currently building all around us. Some would, would point out we've been in a police state for a while. It's just coming into full view now with the Great Reset, uh, as it's, you know, being termed, uh, as though as though these brand new cars weren't expensive enough now they're going to get even more costly because every single individual who buys a car after 2026 is going to be you know have upon foisted upon them this new technology even if they've never had a drink of alcohol in their lives even if they quit drinking five ten years prior to that they are still going to be subjected to whatever sort of invasion of their own bodily you know if there's any sort of semblance of privacy left in the year 2026 it will be invaded even further uh, by this and that's to me one of the real insults here i mean it's well i mean one of the reasons that they will uh, invade your home or pull you over is if they believe that they have probable cause mm-hmm. now if they start mechanically smelling your breath or taking the the con the the chemical contents of your blood through your hands i mean if you change your diet you just might get pulled over like well we just we there's a disturbance in the force. There's there's a uh, an incongruency with our chemical detection system. So we just had to pull you over just to check. We don't think you're you today. You're you know, blood. we had to make sure it wasn't some kind of grand theft auto mm-hmm. or uh, you know some kind of cry for help or you know just doing our job. Yeah, there's a lot of really creepy stuff that uh, that goes along with this proposal, and and I'm sure this is just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, if this is one of their ideas. And this is just one section of this $1.2 trillion quote-unquote infrastructure bill, because not really sure what DUI checks in cars has anything to do with infrastructure. But, you know, it's typical of the federal government where they call a bill one thing and then it's got 15,000 other, you know, completely unrelated things in it. Uh, so who knows what other, you know, terrible ideas they're going to be shoving down our throats in well, this case. Well, you lent your car to your roommate and didn't put him on your insurance. So we smelled it on his breath, and of course he goes to jail. Yeah, we knew it wasn't you that was driving, so therefore maybe they won't even let the, the car start if it's not you as the authorized driver of the car. I don't know. Shouldn't have started eating Funyuns. <laughs> The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Of course, you can bring up absolutely anything that's on your mind. We don't have to fast forward to you know 2026 to see the tyranny uh, around us. It's happening now. The so-called Great Reset is something that people in the the halls of power have been pushing for years. It just came to more public prominence within the last two years what with the uh, the covid-19 being a perfect excuse for them to roll this thing out big time it's the world economic forum is the group of big wigs politicians and corporate ceos that want to foist some sort of new economy or new economic model upon uh, the earth and some people are well, saying capitalism has failed so we need a great reset in the economy well what is capitalism though mm, ain't that just the question Because capitalism, as it tends to be called, this cronyist, uh, protectionist nonsense, yeah, that definitely has failed us. Not the cronies. Yeah, it's failed us. Right. 
Well, and apparently it's failed them because it just hasn't given them quite the level of control over everyone's life that they were looking for. They got plenty of money out of it, but yeah, maybe not as much control. Exactly. And one of the things that I definitely see coming down the pike, so right now they're they're doing the, the vaccine passport, but yes. soon they'll be doing the climate change passport. And I think that all of this is going to hook together. The fact that it's the, the fact that your car will be taking a chemical sense of what's in your bloodstream will determine whether or not you have kept within the carbon credits that you've been allotted this week, or did you eat a burger? I had something about that whole climate change uh, thing. There was a story, and it's, it's not popping up in my show prep at the moment, but that essentially said. They are now saying that the lockdowns are something that should be used on a regular basis to affect climate change, to solve, you know, whatever the supposed issues are with the Earth. Like, oh, we learned during the lockdowns that these are very effective at reducing pollution, reducing, you know, whatever other, oh, we got to, here's what we're going to do. The pandemic was a global problem and we had to come together as a planet to solve it. And global warming is a global problem. So we need global governance to stop that. Yeah. And so that's what they're they're gonna be coming up to next. And there's and we're not the you know, we're not the only ones who've been predicting this. They're definitely making you know, they're definitely telling people that this is uh, this is on the, the this is part of the plans to to roll out climate change lockdowns. Well, I mean, according to our records, you don't have the carbon credits for that extra strip of bacon, so you can't go to work today. <laughs> It seems funny now, but it's not going to be funny when they actually do roll that stuff out. Well, I mean, we have moved beyond the age of satire. Yeah. I mean, every terrible dystopian idea. The, yeah. I mean, the onion, the, the Babylon Bee, like everything that was supposed to be satirical and overblown and uh, hyperbolic, like you just can't do hyperbole anymore. I mean, the, the dystopian movement that they have made already is beyond even the imaginings of aldous huxley or uh, george orwell at this point yep what's the uh, the t-shirt uh, orwell's 1984 wasn't yeah. supposed to be an instruction manual right yeah make num- orwell fiction again yeah uh the number here is 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 here it is report this from a little earlier this year, Forbes headline: World needs equivalent of pandemic lockdown every two years to meet Paris carbon emission goals. See, we, they signed this Paris treaty, and now Don't we're going to do. Don't you want to live in a net zero world? Six oh, net zero rights, net zero freedoms. Six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. You can join us. You can bring up whatever's on your mind, and take control of the airwaves here on Free Talk Live. When Monster Hunter International discovers one of Isaac Newton's wardstones being auctioned off, they decide to steal it and use it to destroy the Chaos God once and for all. But a mysterious thief upends their plan, and it soon becomes a race against time as something much older and infinitely more evil awakens in the jungles of South America. Monster Hunter Bloodlines by New York Times bestselling author Larry Correa and Bane Books. Visit MonsterHunterNation.com for more. It's Free Talk Live. Phones are open here if you want to join us. The number is 603-283-6160. At 603-283-6160. Joining you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. 
and Peakless Mountaineer. And we've been telling you about how Intercoin can help any business or organization launch their own currency or raise money using their own token. And now Intercoin has launched its investor token worldwide, and for the first time, you can actually buy it on an exchange, a centralized exchange called xmarkets.com, exmarkets.com. All you need to sign up is just an email address. You keep your privacy intact. They don't need to know who you are, which is amazing. It's hard to find exchanges like that. Uh, but they, that's where Intercoin is uh, is locating its Intercoin investor token. You can buy or sell it on xmarkets.com. That's exmarkets.com. You, what you have to do is you can deposit dozens of different cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, trade them for Tether, and then with the Tether that you get on the exchange, you can then buy ITR on the exchange mm. and hold it, sell it, trade it, you know. Extract it to your own personal wallet, whatever you want to do, over at exmarkets.com. Look for ITR. As we go to your phone calls, it's Ian and Peakless Mountaineer in the studio. First up, Glenn is on the line listening to KBKW out in Aberdeen, Washington. Go ahead, Glenn. Yeah, I'm kind of concerned about this apparatus in your automobile. It seems as though if they're going to electronically surveil you, a free citizen... They will require a warrant, according to the Constitution and the Fourth Amendment. That's an interesting so, point. Uh, in this case, the I guess they would argue that by purchasing the car, you have consented to being surveilled constantly. Which is a strange well, claim to make since they are making sure that there are no options to buy a non-surveilled right. car. Well, you could buy a used one. At least uh, until those aren't available. What about free market economy? No did you say free market? Yeah. When did we have? When did we ever have a free market? Well, uh, not lately, I can tell you. Yeah, not in my lifetime. I would love to have a free market economy where I could just choose whatever kind of vehicle I want without all the stupid mandated government crap uh, that drives the price up of these things. I mean, it's bad enough that inflation drives the price up of everything, which, you know, we can't get away from that until we get out of the government money system. Uh, but, you know, they they I don't know how many thousands of dollars extra these cars cost just because of they got what the catalytic converter. That's a government mandated thing. Uh, there's a probably a bunch of other stuff under the hood that I don't know anything about because I'm not a car guy. But I've I've heard of these things. And here's yet another one. What about motorcycles or buses or planes? Uh, oh, don't give them ideas. Up? Well, obviously they're going to test the uh, the motorcycle through the hand grip instead of just smelling your breath. Mm-hmm. Well, again, they haven't made the decision yet. So for listeners just tuning in, we're referring to the infrastructure bill that has passed uh, that says that as early as 2026, they may require, they're going to require, just the question is at what year it will be mandated. Uh, so they're going to require some sort of ignition interlock system that will block you from driving your car or stop you from driving the car if they detect a certain amount of alcohol running through your veins. Now, whether it's going to be detected through your breath, uh, you know, as as far as the air in the car, if that's the case, are they going to make it illegal to roll down your windows, Uh, you know, or they're going to use some sort of other invasive method like they suggested an infrared sensor that can somehow read your BAC through your the palm of your hand or your thumbprint. And I I wonder how long it'll take them to pass a law that also makes it impossible for you to modify your own vehicle by, say, removing, removing this nonsense. It. Glenn, anything else you want to share tonight about your thoughts? 
Just that I thought my vehicle was private property. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? That would be a wonderful vision for the future. Unfortunately, with the federal government around, no. Uh, it has not been, and it is not. They've been mandating all kinds of stuff for decades. And so this is just another thing. You know, if somebody challenges this in court, the government will just say, well, you didn't challenge us when we put in the catalytic converter. You didn't challenge us when we put in A, B, and C, other mandated you know things on all these corporations. So you have no standing. Case dismissed. Thank you, Glenn. Well, I appreciate it. Well, and this is just another example of the culture war that we are actually finally starting to fight of, are you government property or not? Because if you are government property, then whatever your property is, they get to modify at their whim. They certainly act like you're their property. I mean, right now, I've literally got a government tracking device on my ankle because they've accused me just merely accused me of doing victimless so-called crimes, I am being told I can't even leave my house without permission in advance from a probation officer. Yeah, so much for innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. Our friend Nobody, who is, well, formerly a co-host on this show, he would still be co-hosting, except his bail condition, because he was also arrested the same day I was, along with four other people for the so-called Crypto 6, which you can learn more about at Crypto 6 or thecrypto6.com. But our friend Nobody, he's not even allowed to be on the air yeah it seems to me that imprisonment would be a form of punishment after you've been proven guilty of a crime maybe even one that actually had a victim yeah and this has been going on now since march of this year i spent two months in jail nobody spent six months behind bars before they finally let him out now he's allowed to leave his house without asking for permission but he can't, you know, speak on national radio or local radio or television and can't express himself. So his First Amendment supposed rights yeah, have so been much stripped. for freedom of speech, freedom of the press. Let's talk to freedom Jay. Freedom to exercise religion. Jay, you're on uh, listening to WTMA there in Charleston, South Carolina. Go ahead. So what if I cut my seat belts out of my car and I got pulled for not wearing my seatbelt? Well, that depends on uh, which state you're in, whether you would get uh, pulled for not wearing your seatbelt. Yeah, if you're in New Hampshire, you would not get pulled over. Or if you had a car that was pre-seatbelt era. Uh, So Hmm. my question is for you, seriously, though, is uh, I hear you talking about someone might be monitoring this, like the Gestapo County, whoever, federal, state, local government. Mm -hmm. I thought it was just going to be that your car wouldn't work if, if you blew into this device. Well, we don't know exactly what their plans are. They don't exactly know what their plans are. I mean, so far, what we know is they are mandating that some sort of form of DUI check will be installed in all new vehicles. Now, you know, it's not that much of a reach to believe that this will be data that will be sent out from the vehicle to some sort of a central control, whether it be, you know, OnStar or Ford or whoever, or the local police department, uh, somebody will likely have access to this data. Well, and for those that... And for those that trust the government to not assassinate people, then you can. it's very easy to imagine someone hacking into that system and turning the vehicle off while you're in mid-transit. Other quick question. Yes, sir. The first thing that popped in my mind is what's to prevent someone else from blowing in it for you? It is not going to be a – well, they've already ruled out that it's going to be a blow-in-a-tube kind of system. So they are 
going to try to come up with some other method. Uh, it could be, as they suggested, some sort of an infrared uh, check. That means that whatever whoever's hands are on the steering wheel will be constantly being scanned for their alcohol level somehow through the skin in some sort of new technology. Uh, or there will be some sort of a uh, aerial or aerosol device, uh, some sort of air-related sensor that will detect alcohol. You know that way. Those are the two that the That's story very, put forward. But they may have very others. Creepy, we call it. Oh, and oh, heaven creepy, and that, heaven forbid you spill your blood. mouthwash before you get in your vehicle, <laughs> because then you're not going to work today. Yeah, I literally have a bottle of scope in my console. The real, the real deal with the alcohol in it. Well, that won't be allowed. <laughs> Jay, anything else you want to All share right, well, tonight? Thanks, guys. Thanks, brother. I appreciate, thanks, guys. I appreciate hearing from you. Work. Keep Thank asking you, man. the tough questions, and I'm going to look up this Crypto 6. I knew nothing about that. So thanks. Yeah, if you actually, if you go to uh, thecrypto6.com, there's a whole website about it. And I also just posted over at freetalklive.com, I posted a 10-minute long, uh, neat little short documentary that was put out a couple days ago that covers us in, you know, as much depth as you can in, in 10 minutes. So it's a very, very good, uh, well-produced piece. So nice. check that out. It's right there at the top of the page over at freetalklive.com. Thank you, Jay, for the call tonight. Uh, a lot of people have legitimate concerns about this. Uh, you know, people that love freedom. Look, the only way out of this is to say goodbye to the United States federal government and say, you know, forget this United States thing. It's it's a failed experiment. One town in California looks like they're way ahead of the game. And Peakless, you'll tell us about them coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Open phones. If you want to join us, you can do that. The number, 603-283-6160. This live Saturday edition of the show with you tonight. It's Ian. And Bigless Mountaineer. 603-283-6160. Thank you to Jonathan, who is a Free Talk Live AMPS member. Jonathan joined our new AMPS Patreon as a silver amplifier. We're getting a lot of our uh, old amplifiers from the old system that, unfortunately, I had to shut down a few weeks ago. So we created this new thing over on patreon which has been working great so far we're over 50 uh, members now of the new amps patreon so thank you to jonathan and everybody else who's signed up it's as little as five bucks a month you can use paypal debit card credit card uh, to get signed up over there and you get some cool perks get some bennies uh, for doing that as well so head over to amps.freetalklive.com that'll take you right to our patreon page to tell you more about it and get you signed up and help support what we do here which is talking about the ideas of liberty every single night seven nights a week on broadcast radio on over 185 radio stations across a week so very very cool to be a part of this and i appreciate everybody's support so thank you jonathan and everyone else who's come on board at amps.freetalklive.com Let's go to your calls and thoughts. Rob is on the line in Vermont. You're on Free Talk Live. Rob. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, you guys were talking about, you know, this new bill that went into effect and, you know, where it's going to, the police should be able to, you know, pull you know, people over and stuff like that. But what about the, this, you know, this technology that's been talked about for probably about 10 years? Is uh, the driverless cars? You know, there's ones where you know you get in a car and there's no pedals, there's no steering wheel. You just say where to go. So, if they pull that car over, who's going to be held accountable? 
Well, I was actually thinking about that when they mentioned that they would be taking the alcohol level from the steering wheel. Because mm-hmm. the, the ones that I've – that I, I, I haven't really looked deeply into this, but the ones that I have seen, you have to uh, you have to have continuous pressure on the steering wheel to prove that the driver is still there and awake. You're saying the driverless cars Yes, the driverless this. cars require okay. that. Uh, so – I would I would assume that they would just apply the same thing there. Well, those and are the initial versions of the driverless cars. As I understand it, the you know long term they do expect to eliminate the steering wheel, the column, all of that stuff entirely um, from those that are in the future when they finally get the tech, or at least when they feel like they've gotten the tech down to the point where it's nearly flawless, that they will never need a human to take over operation of the car. And of course, there's a lot of people that do not want to, you know, get rid of their control over over a vehicle. But these DUI checks, these invasions of your your privacy, your body, just to simply be able to get from point A to point B, are going to encourage people to choose the driverless cars. It's like, oh, well, you can choose a total invasion of your privacy, or you can choose to have a computer take you everywhere and just trust that to work out those are crappy choices i strongly suspect that just from a technology standpoint we are nowhere near the the car that can take off and land any more than we are near a a an autopilot that will take off a plane and land rob your thoughts yeah well i think that uh, i mean the vehicles that i have are mechanical so I don't know if I'm going to have that problem. You know, I'm going to hang, you know, because I'm, I'm an old man, so I'm going to hang on to all of the, you know, stuff from the past that, you know, works for me and, and try to avoid any of that other evasive stuff. Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Thanks, Rob, for the call tonight. I appreciate it. The number is 603-283-6160. I suspect there's going to be a lot of people who, you know, 2025 is going to be the last year they're willing to buy a car. And that's not because they're hopeless drunks. It's because they value their privacy, you know. And some people, I know uh, Chris Wade, he's our Friday night co-host. He told me, uh, I don't know, a few months ago that he no longer buys cars that were made, I think, before, or after 2005. I guess there was a certain time frame in the mid-aughts where they started putting, like, black boxes in everybody's car or something. I think it was some sort of, you know, privacy-invading factor like that. Mm-hmm. And he just, you know, he's a privacy guy. So he's like, okay, well, I'm just going to buy a car from 2002, and I'm going to put it in a garage. And it's basically, I think he's got like the exact same car that he drives, another one of them. <laughs> so, and I, you know, he's doing whatever maintenance he needs to do to keep it in tip top shape. But that way, when his car finally, you know, as all cars do, finally dies, he'll just be able to open up this garage and take out the, the other model of the exact same vehicle instead of trying to go out and get some new privacy invading model. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. I mean, last couple of times I've gotten a phone, I had to make sure that they weren't 5G compliant. And oh, I mean, really? sure, you can you can get the top of the line, not 5G for real cheap. And I have no interest in any participation in the 5G network. I don't know enough about it to trust it. I'm pretty sure once I know enough about it, I won't trust it. And mm. even if everything is completely safe and there's no extraneous dangers from the radiation or anything, there's still just a certain amount of like, I don't want you to transfer that much information because of how efficiently it will be spying on me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you're spying on me, but I'd like you to do it inefficiently, please. <laughs> 
The number here is 603-283-6160. So let's talk about one town in California that may have a solution uh, to this mess. Now, I've, I've only heard the headlines here, uh, Pekulis, so I don't know any of the details in this story. But apparently, you told me that a town in California has actually declared its own independence, not just from the state of California, but also the United States. Is that right? As it seems. Uh, we'll have to go into this together. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out myself. It's, okay. uh, it's a little bit ambiguous with the language. All right. I'm very interested to hear this as somebody who, that, that loves the idea of independence and secession. So this from RC, or sorry, krcrtv.com. Oroville, O-R-O-V-I-L-L-E, declares itself a constitutional republic. Hmm. As mandates continue to come down from the state, local governments are taking a stand by passing resolutions. Six of the seven City of Oroville council members voted to make Oroville a constitutional republic city, with council member Chrissy Riggs being the solo no vote. Vice Mayor Scott Thompson, who requested the resolution, says it does not mean they are against laws. Quote, it's just basically drawing the line. It's not necessarily against one specific mandate. We're not talking about one mandate that's been pushing on us recently. It's a barrage of mandates, unquote. Council member Janet, sorry, what? No, go ahead. Oh, yeah. uh, Council member Janet Goodson was the only one to bring up the question of financial impacts, saying Oroville has received about $4.8 million in COVID funding over the past two years. She posed the question, will Oroville be able to stand alone and sustain itself? The resolution is not a policy, nor does it change the city's ordinance. It can be modified or amended at any time. Therefore, city attorney Scott Huber says, quote, as a result, there is no risk of loss of funding with it, unquote. So they're declaring their independence from the state of California and expecting they're going to keep getting federal funding? Well, from the looks of it, they are, I mean, if you are a republic, like, that's it. You're a country. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, I'm I'm actually uh, I, I'm a little bit dumbfounded on this one. Like, f- it appears that they are having a. I mean, basically, it looks like they're insisting on a voluntary relationship with both the state and federal governments, but they're leaving the window open to going back to an involuntary relationship. Yeah, there uh, there's a headline here that says according to what's it East Bay Times uh Oroville is now a constitutional republic. What does that mean? Here's another comment from councilor Dave Pittman. He said there are so many rules state federal governments are attempting to impose it infringes on both local control and personal rights. He cited ever-changing OSHA rules. The requirement that all vacant city property has to be approved or development on it has to be approved by the California State Housing and Community Development Department before proceeding and the state and federal mandates related to masks and COVID-19 vaccines. He said, quote, we stand by and believe in our constitution, our republic, and we believe that many times others in state and federal government are exceeding their authority across the board in everything we do. Mandates eliminate personal right of choice to get vaccinated or not, to vaccinate your kids or not, and violate basic constitutional choices we all have. Boy, you know, I mean, this is pretty refreshing coming from a city councilor. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be another instantiation of the bottom-up versus top-down. 
I mean, do you own yourself and then you're part of a community and that community is part of a greater whole? Or is your greater whole owned and then your local community owned and then you owned? If you want to weigh in on this, maybe you're out there uh, near Oroville and, you know, you've got a little bit more insight, you're welcome to join us. Our number is 603-283-6160. We'll dig in further into this coming up in hour number two. This is Free Talk Live. Is your broken heart stopping you from being authentically happy? My name is Jeremy West, and for a limited time, I am running a free online class to teach you what most people don't know about how to deal with your feelings, the simple way to deal with your negative thinking, the key to breaking your unhealthy relationship patterns, and so much more. No more feeling like a failure who will never find true love. No more self-medicating and ending up feeling even more miserable. And no more feeling like you'll never be someone who deserves an amazing partner. Sound good? You'll discover a new way to finally feel validated and loved. To stop trying to get your self-worth from the very people who tear it down. And to put you in control of your own happiness. So you never surrender that control to another person again in as little as eight weeks. Register now for my free online class at beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. That's beyondyourbreakup.com slash free class. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Open phones if you want to join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. Saturday edition of the show. We're talking about a town in, I guess it's technically a city. There's only around 15,000 people that live in... You might be talking about a country. Oroville. Well, that's what I wanted to find out here, Peakless Mountaineer. I wanted to find out what was the actual language of the town council, or the town, I keep saying town, it's as small as a town, but it's called a city. Oroville City in northern california it's it looks like it's maybe at a couple hours north of uh, the capital sacramento and they passed a resolution it's getting headlines and we were sharing you shared a story uh tonight and i had another one here from the east bay times about what does it mean that oroville has now passed a resolution saying and six to one by the way so in an overwhelming vote of the uh the city council to declare itself a constitutional republic. What does that actually mean? Are they declaring independence from the state of California? Are they declaring independence from the federal government? Well, rather than relying on the news media to interpret this for us, we will interpret it directly because I've pulled up the city council agenda and a packet of information that they you know hand out at all these meetings. And I've got the actual text, and thankfully it's, not much more than a page long, Fantastic. so uh, fairly fairly brief. We'll get to that coming up here in a moment, but first let's go to Robert. He's on the line in South Carolina listening to WTMA in Charleston. Go ahead, Robert. Yes, I, I just wanted to say that um, you were talking about cars and, 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 and if they fail and when they'd fail. Well, actually, it's what they, that's what they call a failure rate, and in Germany, they do a lot of testing to figure out approximately when that failure rate will be. And they know more or less when when it is. But the thing is about the failure rate, you can't be exactly sure when it'll fail. It'll fail maybe on average at a certain point in 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 the number of trials, but it's not consistent. In other words, it could fail a little a fewer more or a fewer less, and it's very very hard to say exactly when it'll fail. And when an electronic system like that fails, 
it's dependent upon a lot, a lot of things going right. You have programs built upon programs built upon programs, in other words, underlying programs. And everything has to operate more or less right until it reaches a certain point where it causes a problem because um, you just have too many things going wrong. And well, a lot yes. of moving parts. Yeah, and that's one of the problems. With your, by the way, for listeners just tuning in, you're referring to an earlier topic, which was about the federal government now mandating that there will be DUI checks included in all new cars uh, sometime after 2026. And so that's what you're referring to. And yeah, the more complex a machine is, the more things, the more moving parts, the, the more, more things points can of go, failure. Right. The more things can go wrong. And then you throw software on top of it. Mm-hmm. And now you've got all kinds of other problems because it's one thing to just have physical, you know, machine pieces of metal moving. That's obviously going to fail at some point, And that's what you're referring to, Robert. But when it's a computer that's controlling certain elements of this machine, now you're entering into the issue of human error when it comes to actually the coding on these uh, these computer programs, whether it be automated driving systems that could fail and kill somebody, or just something that's supposed to run the internals of, uh, of a machine that, you know, they didn't think about the yeah, uh, what it was, uh, 2001, or not 2001, but the uh, the leap year thing. No, mm. not, not leap year. What was the, the, mil- oh, the millennium the, uh, the Y2K. Thing? Y2K, thank yeah. you. Yeah, Y2K. Oh, my God, we didn't think about that. You know, so there's all kinds of errors that uh, that programmers make. And when you're coming, when it comes to a you know two ton death trap, you want to make sure that there are as few errors as possible. And certainly increasing complexity of these machines increases the chance for error. Yes. And I think that there, there's more danger in the software there is than actually in the hardware, because in the software there are just so many more things that can go pro- be problematic, and they're so tiny, and just and, and, and almost impossible to make sure that everything goes right all the time for a very, 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 very long time. Yep, uh, you won't get any disagreement from me on this one. Robert. Yeah, I'd I'd hate to see a, a 404 error that uh, ends my life. That's for sure. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. The number again six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. So back to Oroville City Council. Their resolution number nine thousand and one of the City Council declaring the city of Oroville to be a constitutional republic city. So what you get here is basically a page full of whereas, and then they you know kind of. They lay the groundwork for what they're uh, they're going to do here. So here we go. Whereas the Constitution of the United States protects our rights. Well, we know that's not true, uh, but they're presuming it's true. Endowed by our creator, as well as guarantees liberties to American citizens, including the establishment of justice, the promotion of the general welfare, and securing the blessings of liberty. And by whereas, I mean you're not allowed to pretend this isn't true. And whereas the Constitution espouses many principles upon which the United States is founded, namely the separation of powers, individual rights, and the rule of law. And whereas the Constitution of the state of California provides that all people are by nature free and independent and have inalienable rights, including enjoying and defending life and liberty, acquiring, possessing, and protecting property, and pursuing and obtaining safety, happiness, and privacy. Boy, you know, all the bad stuff I've heard about California, I never would have presumed any such things <laughs> were, uh, were in their constitution. But it just goes to show that it doesn't really matter what those things say, does it? Uh, what was that uh, Bush quote, a GD piece of paper? Yeah, yeah. Uh, a moment of honesty from a from a politician. Rare. Whereas John Adams, the second president of the United States, wrote, quote, the very definition of a republic is an empire of laws and not of men. That as a republic is the best of that 
as a republic is the best of governments, so that particular arrangement of the powers of society, or in other words, that form of government which is best contrived to secure an impartial and exact execution of the laws, is the best of republics. And hmm, That's funny. I thought a republic was supposed to be not an empire. Yeah. I guess they uh, mystified Either of laws that. or of men. Whereas, as mayor of the city of San Francisco, Gavin Newsom embraced local control and applauded the city of San Francisco's city of refuge designation by refusing to follow or enforce federal laws regarding certain subjects which the city believed to be overreaching and oppressive to the residents of the city of San Francisco. And whereas, as governor of the state of California, Gavin Newsom has abandoned the very principles he espoused as mayor and a locally elected official in exchange for the unbridled power and unchecked authority over the daily affairs of the citizens of the state of California. That's true. And whereas during the coronavirus pandemic, Governor Gavin Newsom has issued a number of executive orders, they say actually a record number of executive orders, despite the fact that the declaration of emergency should have been rescinded many months ago, which, by the way, I just saw another headline that California has now extended again the emergency declaration now. Wait, you mean they decided to keep the powers that they had now for more than two years, apparently. Uh, whereas at least one court of competent jurisdiction has ruled that the governor has exceeded his authority in issuing the executive orders, and whereas the members of the city council of the city of Oroville believe in the separation of powers, individual rights, and the rule of law as outlined in the U.S. Constitution, including the freedom for local government to have local control over issues related to the citizens who reside within the city's jurisdictional boundaries. Now, therefore... Be it hereby resolved by the Oroville City Council that the city of Oroville is declared to be a constitutional republic city. Be it further resolved by the Oroville City Council that any executive orders issued by the state of California or by the United States federal government that are overreaching or clearly violate our constitutionally protected rights will not be enforced by the city of Oroville against its citizens. And again, wow. six, six out of seven counselors voted in favor of this declaration of independence by the sounds of it no not really all they're well, saying here not complete independence yeah. but i mean all I they're know, saying the, is they're the, just the subjective language of what is and isn't overreaching is uh i mean they've basically written themselves a blank check for independence not the way i'm reading this uh Peakless. they are specifically only going to disobey executive orders that they don't like so they're not saying if Congress passes something that is unconstitutional, only if the president, only if Gavin Newsom write an executive order that they believe violates constitutional rights, then they will reserve the right to not enforce it. And, you know, to that hmm. extent, good for them. Well, that's downright constitutional. But it's not secession. It's not declaring right. independence. Well, it's just a baby step. It's I a don't baby know. step. I mean, one side says yes, the other says no. Because if you've declared yourself a republic, then you are your own nation, your own country. Well, now, they might still be obeying these other people, but they are now doing so as an independent country. That's, a, that's an interesting argument. And it's, again, better than nothing. So kudos to the city of Oroville. For making this move. If you want to weigh in and share your thoughts, 603-283-6160, and maybe others will follow suit with even stronger writings. It's Free Talk Live. We are doing a live Saturday show. The phones are open here. 
as always, the number 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We've been telling you about the BitBox, which is a 100% open source hardware wallet. That's for cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Ethereum. And you can get yours over at box.freetalklive.com. Use code FTL to get 5% off. And you can also enter our little giveaway contest we're doing. So here's how you do it. You have to subscribe to our Odyssey channel. And maybe you've already done that. You can do it if you haven't done that over at video.freetalklive.com. Then just take a screenshot of your subscription and tag Aria with the screenshot, uh, screenshot on our social media server, which you can join over at social.freetalklive.com. And then we'll randomly choose a winner in an upcoming episode of Freer Talk Live. Again, you can check out box.freetalklive.com to learn more about the BitBox. And uh, once again, box.freetalklive.com. Save 5% with code FTL like Free Talk Live. We go to your calls and thoughts here talking about the Oroville City Council Declaring independence? Well, not so much, but they did declare themselves a constitutional city and refusing are refusing to obey what they consider to be unconstitutional. A constitutional republic. Yes, republic city as they described it, but uh, they say they're going to refuse to obey any unconstitutional executive orders from both the, uh, the state of California governor and the president of the United States. So it's interesting. It's a step in the right direction at the very least. Uh, it's Ian and Peakless Mountaineer here. Let's go to your calls and thoughts, though. Pam is on the line to start things out listening to KOBE in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Go ahead, Pam. Hi. I wanted to explain to you how that machine in your car is going to manage to control you and your behaviors while you are uh, driving it. Okay. Go right ahead. You're referring to the uh, the government mandates that all new cars in 2026 will have some form of uh, DUI detection. Right. Presently, it's a machine that you blow into. You were talking about it earlier. Well, uh, how that controls the person while they are continuing to drive it is they not only have to blow into it in order to get it started, but while you are blowing it, it will beep and insist that you blow in it again Mm. to prove it's not taking a step during that time. And it can vary from several minutes up to just a few minutes in between. It's extremely random. And the more frequently it is, in my opinion, the more apt it is to cause you to have an accident because, sure. face it, not everybody, like people with their cell phone, is going to necessarily pull over and park in order to use it. People are going to pick it up and blow into it while they're driving, and this is going to take their attention away from the road and onto the machine. So That makes sense I, to me. Yes, it's going to increase the number of accidents because, the best you can possibly do is maybe keep three quarters of your attention on the road while you are giving the machine some attention because you can't just randomly, casually do it. You must blow into it in a certain way. You must hold your mouth in a certain way. You must hold your teeth in a certain way. You must make a certain mm. sound. When you blow in it, you have to hum into it. Really? The right. Yes. And if it is not happy with what you did, it will shut off and give you a negative score, and then we'll expect you to do it right again in just a few minutes. 
So is the intended, you sound like you've had some personal experience with this, Pam. Uh, is, is the intention that you are supposed to pull over and utilize this? Or is it legal, you know, under whatever, you know, mandatory rules they're shoving down your throat for this, that you can continue to drive and operate this thing? They do expect you to pull over, although I have yet to see very many people using one mm-hmm. that actually did pull over. I mean, you know, it's not like you can't do it while you're driving. And who's going to want to pull over when maybe 10 minutes earlier they pulled over to do it then? Right. That alone uh, is a dangerous move. Like, either way you slice this thing, it's dangerous because if you're in traffic, changing lanes is always a risky thing. Uh, you never know right. what those other people are doing and if they're going to speed up and then crash into you or whatever. So the fewer lane changes you can have, the better. And especially if you're on you know, a high-speed uh, high area like a, an interstate or something like that, it's incredibly dangerous to pull over in uh, places like that. Exactly. I had to borrow someone's car because I was without one. It was a distant relative, but I had to borrow their car to drive on numerous occasions. They had one of these in there for yeah. an entire year. And uh, so I had to follow all these rules to be able to drive Jeez. it. I, I had gone and, because I'm handicapped, requested that I receive some sort of override or something because of my handicap in order to drive the car and borrow it and assured them that I wasn't a good enough friend with this relative to give that away to them, that I very much wanted them to follow the rules and to learn their lesson, but that I shouldn't have to be punished for something that I wasn't involved in. And yet, that was just totally said, you know, they didn't care. this person to loan you their car, you, and you want to borrow it, you have to put up with it. Well, there's nothing less human than a bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Pam, thanks for sharing your experience with us here tonight. I appreciate the, uh, the expertise, and thank you for the call. Now, they are saying that the mandate that will be coming into place, according to the federal government's new infrastructure bill in 2026, they're saying they're probably going to rule out the ignition interlock tube where you blow into it as the technology, which, of course, means that they're going to be granting some sort of new tech company essentially a monopoly over installing these things. How much you want to bet this is going to be you have to use this corporation to create this technology, not that Toyota will be able to come up with their own or Volvo will come up with their own. It'll be some sort mm, of government approved. wonder if it's going to be a no-bid contract. Yeah. Somebody's buddy is going to get this deal, and it's going to be worth billions of hundreds of billions of, uh, of dollars. And, you know, I just can't help but think of the kind of overbearing parent that randomly drug tests their child, you know, for marijuana, Mm -hmm. even though that child has never shown any interest in doing that in the first place. Yeah, I don't know what percentage of Americans get arrested for DUI, but I expect that it's probably less than 10%. I think most people are probably responsible people and they don't drive drunk because they know that it's a really bad plan and they could die or hurt somebody else but now all americans will be punished for the actions of that uh, that 10 percent or whoever one uh, percent or whatever and it's just yet another thing of you do not get to determine your own risk mm-hmm. you do not get to say well i had one drink an hour ago no 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 you do not get to determine your own level of risk in the same way that you do not get to determine whether you will be wearing a seatbelt in most places. I mean, that can't possibly harm anyone else, but they're going to make you do it anyway. Because it's for your own good. Exactly. At least so they say. Uh, we're going to go to Jerome. He's on the line in South Carolina. Jerome, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah. 
uh, I was just wondering why why is it the judge in that Rittenhouse case? Why did it seem like he went off on one of the pros on the prosecuting attorney uh, when he tried to introduce some evidence that's relevant to the case? That being Rittenhouse seeing some people um, uh, looting the place and him saying, "Oh, I wish I had my rifle so I could shoot them." So why is that not being introduced into evidence? He shot three people. He murdered two of them. All right, well, hang on a second here, Jerome. We're going to come back. I want to give you a chance to express yourself. I think the question uh, in this trial is, was this murder? Some would say it was self-defense, in which case that's not murder. Uh, So your thoughts are welcome if you want to join us here. Rittenhouse or Independence, DUI, mandatory checks, whatever you want to talk about goes here on Free Talk Live. More coming up. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com It's Free Talk Live. Open phones if you want to join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Big Lewis Mountaineer. You can bring up whatever you want. We're going to continue uh, with your thoughts. We can talk more about the California city that has declared itself a constitutional republic. Is that a secession move? Because if so, I like that. So oh. now, now that I'm looking into it, it, it seems to be that this was the response to Sanctuary City. That was so, a, the, the basis on which that well, they if you're declaring your city a sanctuary, well, we're declaring that ours will be part of a constitutional republic, yeah, meaning it, actually follow the document. Yeah, it's interesting, and we can talk uh, more about that on the way here. But we got Jerome on the line, and he is upset as Jerome is wont to do, or want to be, about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial that has been going on now for a couple of weeks. Uh, and we go back to Jerome on the line here. Uh, Jerome, you're back on Free Talk Live. This, ain't, this, ain't, this isn't self-defense, okay? He wasn't sitting at home and someone broke in and attacked him, and he had to defend Are you life. not allowed to this defend wasn't... yourself if someone attacks you on the streets? Hey, are you allowed to carry a weapon that you're not supposed to have and shoot people yes. with? Who says he's not supposed to have it? It's, an, it's illegal. No, that's it's what, not. That's what, yes, it is. Actually, it he, wasn't. He was underage. Uh, the weapon that he had at the time was legal under the laws of the state that he was in. Now, that being said, he has a right to self-defense, and he has a right to the implements of self-defense. He had no business being out there. His family no. lives there. It's his business What's to be anywhere he damn well pleases, he Jerome. Can, yeah, he, he can be anywhere he wants. Pro- was he protecting his own property? What does it matter? Uh, somebody it's called third-party self-defense, and it's a right. Yeah, if I want to defend somebody else's property, if I've got their permission to be on it, then there's nothing wrong like, with that. Yeah, well, whose permission did he have? The Tell owner me. of the property. 
Yeah, he yeah, he had the specific sure of request of the uh, of the car uh, dealership that he. Are you was... sure of that? You sure someone gave him permission? Huh? Well, ultimately, he didn't get attacked at the car dealership. Answer he was in the question. streets. Are Doesn't you matter. sure someone gave him permission to protect their property? I have. I was not there, Jerome. So you okay, aren't sure yeah. either, are you? That means it's no. completely irrelevant. No, he sure. has a right to means... move. Movement no, is a means... right. No. You never no. You don't. You don't know. You don't have that. a right to leave your That's house. Are you saying, leave. Jerome? Are you saying that only the protesters who were in the streets who weren't right wingers had a right to be there? Hey, how, let me ask you. How no, do you no. Get you that have, rifle? you answer my question first. Answer my question. How do you get the rifle? I don't know, Jerome. Now, are you going to answer my question? How do you mean you don't know? How the hell would are I you know? You're asking me questions. I know how he got it. He got it from a friend of his. No. So what? I don't know, and more importantly, it. I don't care. Okay, are you going to answer he my question? Same, hey, you know what? He did the same damn thing Dylan Roof did here in Charleston. And where's his ass at? Dylan That's Roof? Right. You're, you're talking about the guy out. that slaughtered innocent people in a church? Yeah. He, he, you're saying, he, you're he, saying he, hold he on, weapon. you're actually saying, you're actually saying that Kyle Rittenhouse, who clearly... From the video evidence and also now from testimony in the trial from the one guy that got shot and lived uh, or shot at or whatever. I don't know all the details, but he mm-hmm. said that he was raising his gun and coming at uh, Kyle Sprinting toward while raising his gun. And then Rittenhouse shot him after mm-hmm. that point. So that's clearly. Yeah, and and the, the witness that I, that I had seen there said, well, it's like, well, how did you know his intent? Because he reached for his gun and said, F you. That's all you need to know. And Jerome, you're saying that that is tantamount. That is equivalent to a man going into a church and blasting innocent people, unarmed innocent people. Is, you're out of your mind. Hey, he didn't have a damn scratch on him. How the hell you can be attacked and nothing happen to you? But you I watched him people. get attacked. I've <laughs> seen the footage. Have you not? Have you? Yeah. yeah. I saw I saw him shooting three people. No. How do you get that weapon? He wasn't even supposed to I have that I don't care if there. he manifested it out of thin air. That's not well, the point. Trolling because you believe in somebody. <laughs> I don't care if he wall. hammered it together in a cave. Hey, I don't care hey, if he stole it from you in order to save himself. <laughs> honestly. I had to put him on hold because he just keeps on shouting. Jerome, I, you know, it would be nice to be able to actually have a conversation with you. I mean, it, but the thing is, a conversation goes two ways. And I asked you a question earlier. You asked me a question. I went ahead and answered your question, even though I asked you my question first. And now I'm going to ask you to answer my question. Okay. Is that all right with you? Can I ask you this question? Go ahead. Okay. The question is, did Kyle Rittenhouse have an equal right to be on the streets just like the other people that were on the streets that night? Yeah, and not shoot people, and not shoot people. Why did he end up shooting three people? Should he just let himself be be attacked? Should he just let himself be beaten up by people or possibly shot by them or stabbed by them? If he wasn't out there, that would have never happened. No. So he because he was out much. there means he should just let people attack him? You just him and... said he had a right to be there. No, he was out there looking for trouble because he Do had a you believe in a right to self-defense? Yeah, but not when you're carrying an illegal weapon. No. Oh, so he could have defended himself if he were carrying a weapon that you believe was legal. Then you would have been fine with hey, it? Who the, who the hell made him the police? Huh? <laughs> 
Police don't have any special rights, Jerome. They have the same rights you do, the same rights I do. The The fact is, the police weren't there to help anyone in that circumstance. I don't know where they were. But they, if they were there, they sure didn't get involved until after the fact. So I'm going to presume they weren't there, although there certainly have been instances of the police just standing by as people are being attacked at various different protest events and doing absolutely nothing uh, to break up the sides. But that said, didn't see any cops in those videos. So I'm just going to presume that they weren't there uh, observing that. So when the police aren't around, and even when they are around, you can't count on them to do anything at all to actually help people. You can't count on them and and you know what jerome you should know that the police are not trustworthy that the police are dishonest and that the police are unnecessarily violent towards people so why are you asking for their help hey so are people like kyle rittenhouse who lie all over themselves on the witness stand oh yeah they took a risk yeah he sure did i'm glad he got on it because now you see what a liar he is what are you saying he lied about no how the hell did he get that damn weapon huh Oh my God! What does it matter how he got the weapon? Did he use it in self-defense or not? What does it matter? What does it matter? Two people are dead, and one got shot. Who's lucky? He's alive. One of them's a child rapist, and the other one was a domestic abuser. And he's a murderer. (laughs) Not if it was self-defense. Yeah. Which the one that we the one that we have witnesses of. That we have, like, including yeah. the person who believes that he was assaulted, the, the witnesses that we alive. have specifically state wh- that he raised his gun and sprinted at him before getting shot. Yeah, does that liar. matter to you, the, Jerome? The, the witness is a right-wing liar. The no. witness is a left-wing Antifa. <laughs> the witness is, Jerome! Hey, Kyle Rittenhouse is a murderer. I hope he gets convicted. I hope he... Because, hey... Him rotting in prison is a lot better than the people he put in the damn grave. I just okay? want to check on something, Jerome. I hope his ass gets convicted. Just, just want to check something. Sure. You know he didn't shoot black people, right? No, I'm. You mean you lucky he did? Because I just want to make like sure you knew that. Because a lot around, of people on the left who are upset about this trial, they don't know. They think that Kyle Rittenhouse shot and killed black people in uh, in Wisconsin. And he, he didn't. And now I heard that there was one black guy that was, I guess, involved in the attack, but he survived it. Uh, although I'm not one. Uh, as far sure. as I've heard, the only three people that were harmed in this instance uh, were three, uh, three Caucasian yeah, males. Yeah. Jerome, thanks for the call tonight. Uh, I appreciate it. Well, although it's it worth productive. pointing out yet again, you do not get your rights from police. No, they take your rights from you. That's not where rights come from. Whatever rights police in fact have, they have because they are equals to us. Well, that's a nice theory. Unfortunately, the reality is it seems like the badge does grant them extra rights. rights and powers are different things. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Look, anybody that's got experience with the police this day and age knows you can't trust them. They're not going to necessarily help you. They might even kill you in a situation where they don't know whether you're the aggressor or you're, you know, defending yourself and they just come on to a violent scene. Good luck. Saturday show. If you want to join us here, you can. Whether you want to talk about Kyle Rittenhouse or 
various different electronic surveillance methods that the federal government's going to be shoving down your throat in the next several years. You can bring up whatever is on your mind here. With you tonight, it's Ian. And Peakless Mountaineer. And the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Also, the California city of Oroville voting at their city council meeting 6-1 to to declare themselves a constitutional republic city. Now, we actually read the resolution. We're not just relying on what the media says here. I pulled up the actual resolution. I've actually linked to it on our social media site. So if you are on social.freetalklive.com, you're following the Free Talk Live profile, which you do by default, uh, then you can find the link to that if you want to see it for yourself to see the uh, the exact language, which we read on the air. And it's not as... You know, it's not as hardcore as I would like. Uh, It's not an actual declaration of independence from the United States. But it does say if the federal government, if the the president or if uh, even the California governor issues an executive order that they consider to be unconstitutional, they reserve the right to completely ignore it. And so kudos to them for that. It is, I would say, a step in the right direction. It'd be nice if we had done this the whole time. Yeah. Well... And what it requires in order to do something like that is a group of people willing to actually do it, willing to actually stand up against these mandates and say, nope, not going to participate. Because if enough people just say no and refuse to go along with this stuff, refuse to enforce it, refuse to obey, there's nothing they can do about it. They don't have enough prisons for us all. Well, and this sidesteps the usual problem with that of, I don't want to be the only one doing that. Well, right. here's your opportunity. Now your entire city can sidestep that uh, completely unconstitutional and authoritarian mandate with you. I'm looking here at a story from the East Bay Times, and it's a question about what does it actually mean? They're, they're looking at this new uh, declaration or this resolution by the city of Oroville and you know, in doing some interviews and asking some questions about well, what is, how is this actually going to play out? What does this actually mean? And they spoke with, uh, let's see here, Mr. Pittman, Dave Pittman. He's one of the city councilors who is frustrated by all the rules coming from the state of California and the federal Can't government. blame him. And he says, we didn't get that detailed in the resolution about changing structure. We didn't assign any new powers to any position. The executive branch is the staff that carries out the city council and the legislative body's mandates and wishes, he said. Uh, They pointed out the city isn't breaking any laws, but also that a mandate is not a law. Quote, a a mandate is an agreement between two people. If you want me to do something and I agree to it, we have a mandate. Some people don't agree with the mandates, he said. In practicality, Reynolds, another city councilor, stated the resolution doesn't change anything. He said it's simply reminding people what kind of government we live under and that they do have personal choices and freedoms, he said. Another counselor said while she respected the thought process that went into formulating the resolution, she opposed. She was the one vote to oppose it because it, quote, doesn't have implications in the lives of citizens and that proper procedure in fighting what council believes are unconstitutional mandates is through the judicial system. And I completely disagree. As do I. 
because this is what we are seeing happen with the state governors who are making a big to-do about we're joining together with the other states, the other red states, and we're challenging Joe Biden's mandates in court, and we'll see you in court, Joe. Well, and the entire structure of the judicial system is completely backwards. So the the she's saying that the just the judicial system should should do this. Okay, well if your court finds that this is unconstitutional, then they're just going to appeal it to a so-called higher court. Then That's guess right. what? Eventually it goes right back to the federal government and wouldn't you know it, they have a real big tendency of saying basically mm, he can do whatever he wants to. Yes. And so this whole thing about oh, we're going to fight this in court, it's just a big smokescreen. It's just a way to make it look like they're doing something when the reality is, as you point out, federal courts are likely to side with the federal government. So now, so far, the court system is acting like that they're going to rule in favor of the states. I don't know if you've heard about the the mandate being challenged, the vaccine mandate for the companies with over 100 employees. There was a challenge to that in court. The initial, it's been at least stayed for the time being. It's been stayed. And of course, there's all Which this to progress. do being made about, well, it's... It's, I don't know if I would call it progress. It's, it's a judicial preliminary decision. The case hasn't really even been heard yet. Um, so we'll see what happens when all that plays out. But as you say, it's likely they're going to rule in favor of the federal government and the power and the strength and the invasion of the federal government into people's lives. And these attorney generals or attorneys general and these governors in these states, they must be aware of that. And so they're just biding their time. They're trying to make it look like they're doing something when they're really just relying on the federal government to make a choice. And and it's worth pointing out that while we seem to have a tradition in this country of the Supreme Court determining what is and is not constitutional, there is nothing in that document giving them that ability. I mean, we do that by tradition in the same way that – yes. Yes, absolutely. In the same way that by tradition, uh, until uh, un- until um, uh, until uh, Roosevelt, no one took more than two terms as president. That was oh. a tradition, but that wasn't actually in the document until they made an amendment that said that you can't have more than two terms as president. Hmm. It just seemed dishonorable because even the great George Washington didn't do that. Right. In the same way, while we have a tradition of the Supreme Court deciding what is and is not constitutional, there's nothing giving them that power. Hmm. What you are supposed to be doing as a state is following the agreement. And if they give you an order that is against the agreement, you are supposed to not follow it. Yeah, that's the strongest position. And that is the position that would actually enable more you know, respecting of individual rights. It, it, that's you know presuming that the people in the state government actually give a damn about that, and we know they don't, and we know that most of them are complete tools of the federal government. They owe their relationships and the money that they make to the federal government. They get money you know handed down to them from the te- the federal uh, system, and there's all kinds of strings that are attached to it. We just saw Sununu, who's the governor here in New Hampshire, belly aching because the executive council at first rejected $27 million from the federal government, and apparently a few days ago in a secret meeting decided to accept $22 million. Oh, I hadn't heard that. From the Fed. Yes, they reversed their position. On that question. Wow, this is the third time they've had... Wow, so the first two times that they had the hearing on this, they said no. 
And now we had a secret hearing where they said yes. Yeah. So we will just keep voting on this until you give me the answer that I want. Yeah. And they had a, apparently the hearing was. Thank you, His Excellency. They had a public meeting, but they didn't announce this was going to be on the agenda. Mm. So it was effectively a secret vote because no one was given notice that it was going to happen. So the hundreds of people who had turned out to the previous two meetings where they made the right choice, uh, the hundreds of people weren't alerted to it. So they didn't show up and. The federal government's deed was done in this particular case. So these people are owned lock, stock, and barrel by the federal government. They have their allegiance to the federal government. They want power in the federal government. That's what this governor of New Hampshire wants. He wanted to run for U.S. Senate. The only reason he didn't run, ultimately, or he's decided not to now, apparently. So we have a state government operating from the shadows. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're absolutely right. The way to oppose mandates like this is at the local level. If the state government won't do it, then the towns and the cities uh, need to refuse to do it. But again, most of them are getting money from the feds, too. So they don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to up there in on the take. Yeah. They don't want to, you know, have the spigot get cut off. So they're not interested in that. So kudos to Oroville for being basically one in a billion. I mean, there's I don't know how many damn towns there are in the United States, but there's probably hundreds of thousands of the things. And these guys are outstanding for actually standing up and saying, no, we're just going to do this ourselves. We're going to make the determination. We're going to say whether or not something is unconstitutional and we're not going to do anything with it if it is. And the fact is we have backslid so far that nearly every single order that we're getting is an unlawful order. Sure. I mean – Pretty much everything these days that the federal government comes out with is in direct contradiction to the limitations of the Constitution. So, I mean, I'm glad we're finally saying, oh, right, we had an agreement not to do all this nonsense. So what needs to happen, of course, are people that think like this, people that do believe in independence, people that do believe in uh, individual rights need to come together uh, to the same place, to the same geographic area and You know, as much as I like what Oroville did, I don't think California is the right place for that. Well, and I may believe in no government, but I am happy to make friends with people that believe in a constitutional government. And we'll we'll cross that road when we get there. It'll be a while before we get there. No doubt about it. Uh, So if you love liberty, you ought to get on up to New Hampshire. If you're a conservative, you probably belong in Texas. And if you are a liberal, head on out to uh, California, although it doesn't sound like you like Oroville very much. Uh, There's more coming up here. Hour three is next. You can take control of the airwaves on Free Talk Live. When a lunar observatory detects a radio broadcast originating from Proxima Centauri, the nations of Earth discover their first contact with an alien race may also be their last. With the Proximans facing an extinction-level disaster, Earth must choose between sending a ship on a multi-year journey or allowing nature to take its course. Saving Proxima, a hard science fiction thriller by Travis S. Taylor and Les Johnson. From BaneBooks.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, kicking off the third hour here of the live Saturday edition of the show. The number, if you want to join us, 603 283 6160. At 603-283-6160 with you tonight, it's Ian and Pickless Mountain Mayor. Whether you want to talk about the new DUI check mandates on all new vehicles starting as early as 2026, 
The California town that has declared independence, apparently, or maybe not quite. But uh, we can talk about all those things. Or somebody else brought up, of course, Kyle Rittenhouse uh, on trial. So anything that's on your mind, it goes here at 603-283-6160. Coming up also, Peakless Mountaineer, you've got some, I'm sure, terrible green financial future plan by some what bankers or something like that oh yeah you're gonna tell us about uh that's on the way but back to your phone calls and thoughts first we've got ghost calling us from columbia south carolina listener on wqxl there on fm go ahead ghost hey uh i was listening earlier when jerome called in and i hear this guy calling in like every week or on the weekends yeah and uh, it just got me thinking like that that mindset that people have where they just believe everything the mainstream media tells them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the, of course the mainstream it's, media believes everything the government tells them. Well, I'll just say, yeah, like, I don't think a lot of people realize uh, the CIA infiltrated these mainstream media news organizations. Well, heck, a bunch of them actually this. hire CIA people to be their analysts. Sure, Anderson Cooper. Yeah, Anderson Cooper, yeah. And they've, they've been doing that since at least the 50s. And then it was in the 1970s uh, when Operation Mockingbird came to light, mm-hmm. which uh, they said they quit doing that. Yeah, right. They, they're still doing that. <laughs> right. Well, you know, when the CIA says that they've stopped a program, I mean, you trust spies, right? <laughs> yeah. What, I forgot the guy's name. But one of the directors said, um, I think the quote was, our disinformation campaign will be complete once everything the American public believes is false. That's exactly I think right. That was one of the CIA directors said that. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, these people are known liars. They're sociopaths. Oh yeah, there was a, a CIA director that's like, night. you know, when I was at uh, West Point, they taught us, you know, not to lie and not to steal and not to cheat, and that's my job now. <laughs> and yeah, of course they're lying. Why on earth would understand. they not lie to us? I just don't understand how people can't question that and think for themselves. Like they, they just well, believe it all, like the God, like the Bible, man. They were raised in government schools, right? Like government uh, gang had their clutches into them for at least thirteen years in most young people's cases. Some of them it went is even longer. Yeah, mm-hmm. some of them went even longer, and they went into government college where they continued to be indoctrinated. And then they went in and they, you know, go to into the normal life where they're consuming media, which, of course, is run by people who've been indoctrinated. If they aren't themselves CIA, you know, handlers or, you know, controlled or whatever, they at the very least have gone through those years of education. Yeah, so a decade or two of government indoctrination is one thing. And uh, it's also because it's a valid question of like, OK, when you have access to information that absolutely disproves the idea that these people are serving you why do you not you know incorporate that into your worldview and a big part of it is this this is the biggest kid on the playground and they Mm -hmm. just don't ever want to believe that that's not their friend so basically they're the enemy of the people and another point is um you look at who owns the mainstream media these mega corporations Mm -hmm. there's only a few of them that own like all of TV, Six and they're less, owned by the same people. They're owned by, you know, most of the shares are owned by BlackRock and Vanguard. Oh, they yeah. own Fox and CNN. That's the whole left-right paradigm 
just right there for you. They're, they're using it to divide and conquer and control people's minds. Oh, yeah. BlackRock and Vanguard own, last I checked, almost every piece of uh, of information source that anyone goes to. I mean, if you want to exactly. get away from CNN, what do you do? You Google it, right? Well, wouldn't you know it that BlackRock and uh, and Vanguard Group, they also own Google and Apple. Now, who are these people? Isn't it BlackRock like a Chinese real estate company or what? Uh, no, who that's uh, that's a different one. Uh, the the Chinese one that's uh, uh, been in financial trouble recently. But no, uh, uh, BlackRock and uh, and Vanguard are these uh, holding companies that just okay. own these massive, massive swaths of the largest corporations in the country. Mm. Well, and on Earth. Uh, Vanguard is the guys who own BlackRock are Vanguard. Most of the shares of BlackRock are from Vanguard. And if you want to know who owns Vanguard, that's these international bankers like the Rothschild family and mm-hmm. uh, J.P. Morgan's and all these people. They they hide all their wealth in these um, these groups like Vanguard Group, and then they funnel all their money around using uh, foundations like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Open Society Foundation, which is George Soros, and uh, what's the other one? Oh yeah, the Clinton Foundation. Yeah, and one of the fun so, tricks that I've seen is where they actually own the shares of their own company so that it becomes right, even yeah. more difficult to and more obscured to find out who's running these things. But yeah, yeah if they, you and if, they own all the governments, it's I mean, it's all control, it's all scripted. Mm-hmm. You can see these uh montages where they have um you might have seen these where they clip together all the different news stations across the country, and they're all saying the exact same thing, sure. like a script, like, mm-hmm. this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. Well, and, and so here's the thing. So, I mean, yes, they, they, these, these sources of information are absolutely controlled by the same thing. However, that's, that's a smokescreen. So... Sure, if you, oh, well, I wanted to get off of MSNBC, so I Googled it, or I went on to YouTube, which are, in fact, the same thing. Sure. However, there are these other sources. So, like, right now, there's a bunch of people who are hearing us uh, through the extraordinary power of really simple syndication, and they just get on their podcatcher and get the podcast. And that is nearly unstoppable as long as the information's still being hosted. And that's not a centralized source of information. Well, you're right, uh, Peekless. There are bright spots out there on the Internet, but you have to seek those, yeah. right? Like, we're not on your local cable channels in most markets. Absolutely uh, we're right. Not, we're not on uh, you know, the, the, uh, the big broadcast television networks or whatever. We do. We've, we've done pretty well for a small radio show now on 185-plus radio stations. So we do get to actually bring these ideas to, uh, to a wide audience. But we're unusual in the world of pro-liberty content out there. There's dozens of libertarian podcasts, but if you're not looking for them, you're never going to find them. Well, and that's exactly the trick. You have to go seeking information. Yeah. And and it's out there if you want to get it. I mean, you know, we're also on uh, Library and Odyssey. That's but true. again, you got to go looking for it. And I mean, I remember at the, the late 90s, the early 2000s, when a lot of individuals had their own little website where they could talk about what was on their mind. Sure. And then Facebook comes along. Well, I mean, MySpace originally. But these companies come along and they're like, 
don't bother to make your own website. Just we'll just ours. give you the website that everyone's making anyway. It's just a really simple format, and you just put your data in, and we'll yeah. make it for you. Which seemed good at the time. Until you can't say that. Right. Because it's not your website, it's theirs. Ghost, anything else you want to share tonight? Uh, I just want to say, I just hope people would actually question these people and, you know, don't believe all the scamdemic nonsense out there. And I, I really enjoy the show. Thanks, Ghost. Appreciate hearing from you. Great points tonight, man. Well, uh, and I, I really hope that, that the people who are seeing through it now don't go back to sleep when things shift around. Oh, yeah, when I the mean, Republicans get elected or oh, whatever, yeah. right? I mean, all of these news sources that were lying us into war, the left was very awake to that. Mm-hmm. They were very well aware that we were being lied into a disastrous and murderous war that we are still in. They knew that then, and they've gone back to sleep and started trusting ABC, NBC, MSNBC, CNN. Right. And trusting Pfizer and a lot of these drug companies that many of them were skeptical of just as recently as the year 2020 when Trump was in charge. Yeah. I mean, did we forget to be against corporations on the left? Is that what happened? Yeah. They've completely forgotten that. So I, I really hope that people can just stay awake to the things that they're awake to now as things shift. 603-283-6160. You can join us. we got time for you here on Live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. Here tonight in the studio, it's Ian. And Pico's Mountaineer. We're brought to you by Bitcoin.com. You ready to start learning about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash? You can click Get Started at the top of the page over at Bitcoin.com. There's an introductory video. Actually, there's a series of them. But if you just watch the first one, I think it's going to take all of three minutes of your time. And you will get down some of the basic concepts that you need to understand about why Bitcoin is so important. Why cryptocurrency is making such an impact. What makes it so different from the government monies and the big banker monies that we've been foisted, or, you know, been foisted upon us for our whole lives. What is this all about? Bitcoin.com can help answer those questions, and then you can dig in further if you like. They've got lots more information there. Again, just click Get Started at the top of the page at Bitcoin.com, and they've also got the latest news headlines over at News.Bitcoin.com. In fact, we were just talking about alternatives to the mainstream, the mainstream media that mm-hmm. is controlled by just a select group of corporations with you know similar investors and uh the world economic forum and the bilderberg group and all these people that are the uh, the big wigs out there that want to completely control your life they want total power over because they got plenty of money they want power over you and uh and so we were talking about that and talking about media alternatives like we're unusual free talk live is an unusual show because we're on broadcast radio and so we have the opportunity to just kind of get random tune-ins, basically, which is nice. That's kind of like mm-hmm. we're just sort of this beacon out there of the ideas of liberty that sadly is really the only one uh, with any consistency, with any principle on broadcast radio. Years ago, I had hoped that 
this would like catch on and that we would have competitors out there and like there would be other liberty oriented shows that be nice who could do it better than we can but no no they have never come about and there's really no other show out there unfortunately on broadcast radio like this there are dozens of great liberty oriented podcasts out there great little internet shows run by various different people of some renown or not so not so renowned but you have to be looking for content like that in in order to find it whereas people can just sort of accidentally uh discover free talk live so there's a real value in i think what we do here we can be that that kind of initial uh initial dose of freedom for people and then get them wanting to learn more and get them digging in uh deeper into uh you know the lesser discussed issues or more esoteric uh ends of these things so well, and something that's really worth mentioning, just about the nature of the human nervous system. So if danger comes at you, you will revert to the simplest part of your nervous system, which is the fight, flight, or freeze mechanism. Mm-hmm. So if this, you know, if potentially dangerous things are being given to you, and we all know that the, the corporate media will scare you as much as possible just to get more views. Sure. So if this, you know, potentially dangerous information is coming at you, then you will revert to the simplest possible parts of yourself and if on the other hand you are seeking out potentially dangerous information it activates a completely different part of your nervous system Hmm. so that's the part of your nervous system that goes okay i can figure out new tools that's the complex part where you're like i can make alliances i can find people who know more than me and find out what they know i can you know set up uh, new tools to deal with these potential situations but you have to make a choice to operate in that state exactly you have to go seeking the dragon in its lair uh, metaphorically speaking well and one of the problems of course that people run across you know, we're coming back to the question of why people are so obedient why people are so clueless about what's really going on out there uh and why are they you know just doing what they're told and believing everything that the media you know spits at them uh because it's convenient you know yeah. because if you actually do step out of line if you actually do question the state if you question the status quo well as we saw in the year 2020 most recently you're going to lose some of your so-called friends mm-hmm. there're going to be some people who you thought were your friends who are going to put you on the outs if they discover that all of a sudden turns out you don't share the values that they thought you shared which is you know just believing what you're told and going along to get along and oh my god you don't want to wear a mask in fact, where there was a, a story that is about the Thanksgiving holiday coming up where some large number of people, let me see if I can pull it up here, uh, it's at the top of uh, Drudge Report right now, three out of five are banning unjabbed relatives from their holiday gatherings. Disgusting. So there are literally people who are turning out their own family members over a question of, are you going to put an experimental drug in your veins? That is what is dividing families, let alone friendships that have been And it's just so much more convenient to get the free jab and the donut or beer that comes with it. Yeah, well, yeah, and you are anti-American if you don't just do what you're told, right? Don't Americans do what they're told? Isn't that what it means to be an American is to just obey? Yeah, suddenly I'm supposed to protect you and the vaccine isn't? Let's go to your phone calls. David's on the line in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. David. I'm glad to hear that the country is self-dividing, so we don't have to choose up sides. They're, they're helping us do it. Yeah, it can't happen soon it. enough. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 
and uh, people better think uh, carefully about which side they want to be on because one side or the other will win. And um, the uh, sorry, I, I find it uh, interesting. It might be helpful to other people. A technique I've been doing to fight uh, the to fight our government, to fight our courts, like uh, in the state of New Mexico, uh, the court system here, family and children. Here is something that I have done. That uh, and I'll tell you the interesting result that you can see for yourself and apply the techniques if you want yourself. What I did is I took a fact, a statement of fact that is verifiable in the state's own records, and I made a little blurb and I attach it. I attach this blurb to everything that I post that's related to this on every different venue forum that I post to around the internet that people typically post to. And uh, uh, this this blurb says. Uh, notice, public, legal, warning, danger, assisted by New Mexico Court of Appeals proven child traffickers, Judges John J. Romero, Jr., that's John J. Romero, Jr., and M. Monica Zamora, that's M. Monica Zamora, Nicole Madaria Elich, and Kurt Odin Elich are committing domestic and child abuse by parental alienation. Do not spend time or money in New Mexico. I've attached that to everything that that is related that I posted for many years. And as a consequence of that, if you search my name, David Brent Olson, David Olson 333, uh, or any of the names that I listed, uh, like Judge John J. Romero Jr. or M. Monica Zamora, you will find your your, uh, landing page there on Google or whatever is filled with what I just read to you. And, and, and this is all truthful, so it's not defamation. Mm-hmm. And even better, if somebody wants to accuse me of defamation, I invite it because guess what happens if you accuse me of defamation? Go to court. You've got to take me. Yeah, you've got to go to court, and you depose me, and I depose you. And I get even more information than what I've got now. So anyway, that's a, a little bit of uh, interesting uh, real life there that I find to be uh, interesting and helpful. David, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it. The number is 603-283-6160. You can bring up what you want. Now, will this schism that's happening, will will this lead to a civil war? There's a lot of talk about that out there. There's a lot of people that are, that are voting with their feet. They're moving to a place that's more like them. I think that's a way to avoid a civil war, personally. Indeed. Let's get into it. On the way here, you can join us, 603-283-6160 on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, open phones here, live Saturday show. The number, if you want to join in, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, you've got Ian. And Pico 
some up there. We had the news earlier tonight, Beakless, that you shared about a California city, Oroville, in the northern section of California that has not quite declared independence, but has declared itself a constitutional republic city and is reserving the right to ignore and refuse to enforce anything that is an executive order from either the state or the federal government. Uh, that they think is unconstitutional. So kudos to them for that. And uh, there's just been a large amount of discussion in recent weeks and months, especially about civil war or secession. Now, you don't have to have a war over secession, but a lot of people think you do. Like when you start talking about peaceful secession a lot of people just don't understand that secession can actually be peaceful and in many cases has been peaceful Mm -hmm. just not the civil war in the united states not that attempt at secession and certainly not the u.s's attempt to secede from the uk which is of course what formed the uh the united states in in the first place so, you know, in our history, it hasn't been particularly peaceful, but you don't have to go back very far. Brexit is a fine example of something that happened within the last several years that was a completely peaceful secession from the European Union in that particular case. The EU did not invade Great Britain. There were not any shots fired. No one died in the process. It was an ugly political procedure, but it didn't get violent and so it doesn't have to be like that. And it's worth pointing out that that's become more and more common as we've come closer to to the current era. Yes, that is true. But nonetheless, whenever you bring up secession, the biggest objections, the most common objections are almost always, well, that was settled with the Civil War, or they'll invade you, is what you most usually hear. It's like people just believe that the U.S. government will drop bombs or roll in tanks on any U.S. state that decides to call it quits on the Union. Mm-hmm. And so there's an interesting article over at unheard.com entitled, Would America Survive a Civil War? And I'm just going to jump down to the part of the story where they actually look at the question of what would it actually look like? Because we've said here before on the air that they're not going to roll in tanks because... And they're not going to drop bombs because they're going to kill their own loyalists in that case. And that alone would look really bad, let alone how bad it would look to simply invade a place where people have friends and and family family members. Especially when you're trying to project an image of being a peaceful democracy that, you know, needs to regulate everyone else's country. Yeah. So uh, let's get into it here. They point out that obviously a one of these civil wars would not be your typical military versus military. If the U.S. military got involved, it would be up against counterinsurgency. And in a counterinsurgency warfare, according to Unheard, everything that makes the U.S. armed forces so-called great, like high-tech weapon platforms with immersive or immense destructive power, are not just useless, but counterproductive. A tank parked outside a shopping mall in Idaho will either spend its time shooting at nothing or be at a very high risk of killing innocent American civilians for the high crime of looking suspicious. Droning American weddings, like the Afghan weddings, does very little to advance the goals of a counterinsurgency. If anything, it only makes the relatives of the dead more likely to fight. And we found that out pretty crystal clear in Afghanistan. Insurgent math. And 20 years later, the U.S. left. Uh, The U.S. armed forces are also at least an order of magnitude too small to do the job effectively. 
During Operation Banner, the British military deployed at most uh, 20,000 soldiers in Northern Ireland to keep a lid on that wayward province. The U.S. armed forces consist of about 1.3 million active duty personnel. But that's spread out over five branches. So you get the Army, Marine Corps, Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard, and only a small minority of military personnel are actually combat troops. It's thus very unlikely that the armed forces could scramble more than 100,000 regulars willing to do the job of holding an M4 and patrolling down the main street of any town Texas. To put that into perspective, Northern Ireland is about 2% the size of Texas. So remember, the Brits put 20,000 soldiers in Northern Ireland. How many could the U.S. military realistically put in even a place as large as Texas? Then there's the fact that most the most significant political split in America is between rural areas and coastal metropolises. And the armed forces are reliant on the very areas it would be tasked with policing as far as recruiting its soldiers. Red America is overrepresented within the armed forces, and this won't change. As such, the U.S. doesn't just have too few soldiers. It has potentially unreliable ones. And the more brutality is used against recalcitrant red states, the more these soldiers will be ordered to fight and kill their own friends and family. A recipe for serious mutiny and disobedience. I can't help but be reminded of the fact that the uh, candidate that received the greatest amount of donations from military personnel when he was running was Ron Paul. Ron Paul, by and far. By the huge greatest. margin. Yeah. So, and, I mean, the the idea that they do actually you know, support, I mean, for one, the idea of keep your agreement here. We had this, you know, thing that they told us was uh, why we have a country is that we have this constitution and yet it is constantly being violated. So certainly the fact that we have rights, including in some ideas, secession, is pretty darn popular among the among the armed forces yeah and a lot of them you know presuming they're supporting ron paul whose stated goal was to withdraw the u.s military from the you know it's 700 plus bases or whatever all around the planet and bring them home it's clear that they like the idea of coming home right mm-hmm. and not so they can occupy as an occupying force in the streets to keep their own people down so i think it would be very unpopular to actually try to you know for the u.s military to invade another state but there's more. There's now an elephant in the room, he says. In the case of an American drone pilot accidentally blowing up a wedding in Afghanistan, the Afghan relatives of the slain have very little recourse. If an American drone pilot blows up an American wedding, however, that drone pilot and his or her family live somewhere in the United States. Given the likely unreliability of some significant parts of the armed forces, the name and address of the most hated butchers are unlikely to stay a secret for long. In Northern Ireland, for example, the provisional IRA not only attacked soldiers, they made a habit of assassinating the officers, commanders, and politicians, both for revenge and as a display of might. From Lord Mountbatten to a near miss against Margaret Thatcher herself to a score of less well-known targets, the IRA illustrates just how difficult it is to protect against an enemy that can simply choose to not wear a uniform before their enemies visit. And now with all that said, how likely is it there will be some sort of civil conflict in the near or mid-future for the U.S.? Unfortunately, the correct answer here may very well be that it's not terribly unlikely. 
What is significant about America today is not that it's nearing its 250th birthday, but rather the clear and advanced signs of sickness in the body politic. The ranks of America's military are now sullen and battered after 20 years of failed nation-building, while its higher officer corps is increasingly alienated from the world of its grunts, mirroring that same cultural, economic, and social divide that is currently poisoning civilian life in the U.S. The legitimacy of its elite has been shaken repeatedly, and faith in the electoral process itself is now rapidly declining among large segments of the electorate. Hmm. Ain't that the truth? America is currently a malarial swamp of strange new faiths, creeds, soothsayers, and itinerant prophets, from Q to vaccine scientism to various forms of pseudo-Gnosticism centered around trans people. To a student of history, this should also be familiar in quite an ominous sign. France in the 1780s had its own scientism and mesmerism, and Russia in the 1910s and 80s was rife with soothsayers and itinerant preachers of strange new faiths. Most ominously of all, however, looms the growing supply crisis. This crisis would be tolerable if it merely implied a lack of variety at the grocery store. In such a case, 2020's America might have just ushered in a new golden age of Soviet-style political jokes, but it's also creating havoc in the productive economy itself, denying farmers the spare parts to run their harvesters and car manufacturers the metals they need to make cars. The longer the crisis goes on, the more broken the economy will become and the more painful the necessary reforms will be once America's elites truly wake up to the danger. And the best thing we can do to head all this off is to say goodbye sooner rather than later and do it peacefully. The idea that they're going to roll in tanks just doesn't make any sense from any analysis of reality on this. Now, you want to weigh in? You can do that here. Plus, coming up, we'll talk about the bankers. They've got themselves a plan to save green finance or something. Coming up. Free Talk Live. Yeah! You can join us here in the remaining moments. We've got enough time for you. It's live Saturday show number 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. And Pickless Mountaineer. At 603-283-6160. Whether you want to talk about independence or dependence on things like the banking system, that's what we're going to get into coming up here. Uh, you can join us again, 603-283-6160, and join us online anytime over at freetalklive.com. You want to download archives. Of course, we have a podcast. You mentioned earlier how simple it is to get a podcast client or a podcatcher or whatever their their you know terms are these days for them, uh, an RSS reader. You can go to feeds.freetalklive.com and you'll find our main podcast and some alternatives there as well that you can subscribe to. One of them, for instance, has just... The full episodes of the show, the other has just the uh, the digest episodes for those of you that are pressed for time and want just, you know, the highlights of Free Talk Live. You can get all of those over at free, uh, feeds.freetalklive.com or just go to the front page of the site and download the latest shows right there from the, the little podcast widget that we have there. You just click the share button and then the download link will appear. So it's super, super easy over at freetalklive.com. And Peakless Mountaineer, you had a story uh, well, tonight. Uh, before we get into that second story, I just yeah. wanted to make a, a comment about the, the one that you just covered. The Civil War. Right. So... I remember that the reason that we were putting up with all of the atrocities that were being done in the Middle East is fight them over there so that we don't fight them over here. That's what they kept saying. Right. Well, we're already here. Let us go so you don't have to fight us here. Just seems peacefully. to me, yeah, yeah, seems to me a nice, reasonable thing to do. Like, if you're willing to put up with all of this, how about being willing to put up with us leaving 
so that you don't have to fight anyone here. Right, because why do you want to keep fighting with the other side, whatever that side is? And now we're not on either the right or the left here on Free Talk Live, which is why we want libertarians to move to New Hampshire so libertarians can have their own place. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Jeremy Kaufman from the Free State Project who was pointing out that actually what the Free State Project is doing, which is trying to migrate libertarians to New Hampshire, is actually good for the authoritarians. Like, we're helping each other now. And the, the point of this is it's good for the authoritarians in the other 49 states because the freedom people are leaving those places. The best activists are leaving. That implies we were effective before. Well, we weren't that effective before. But that said, not having freedom people in those places makes them that much more effective. Whatever, you know, that is. They're they're more effective. They're they're more effective now, though, because, you know, they don't have to oppose us. They don't have to argue with us. They don't have to, you know, do anything. uh, Because the freedom people are leaving those places. The best of the best are moving to New Hampshire and so we're becoming almost, you know, now I'm not going to say unstoppable yet, but we're a definitely a force to be reckoned with here in New Hampshire, and they hate it. So all they have to do is move into any one of other 49 states that will be much more to their liking, and some of them are very much more to their liking. Mm-hmm. And so it's a simple move for them, and it's an easy move for us. So everybody benefits from this arrangement of seeking a better place, of seeking a more uh, a place that's full of people that are like you. I mean, let's face it. The idea of California and Texas being the same place is insane. And no one wants that. The people in California don't want to be attached at the hip to Texas. The people in Texas don't want to be attached at the hip to California. Right. So let's let them knock it off. Right. And the same thing's true with the, the righties and the lefties. You know, a lot of people, when they hear California is talking about independence, a lot of people on the right, they get it. They're like, okay, great. Go. Right. And the same thing should be said from the people on the left about the people on the right going to Texas and seceding from the United States. Awesome. Yeah. You don't want to have to live with those people, right? Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't want to be attached to either of those people. Exactly. Let's have let's have our place, they'll have their place, and they'll have their place. And we'll all just get to live with the people we want to live with. What a wild idea. And we'll just have, it'll be so much more peaceful. Of course, then we'll find other things to disagree with each other on. But as you said, you know, then we'll split ways from the, the limited well, government guys and it'll be we'll limited government We'll disagree in a much less violent way that way. Yeah, I think so. They won't be I mean, as fundamental. When you're trying to take the reins of power in politics, it's violence. Yes. And it's a violent it's a way to disagree with each other. Yeah, it's a threat. When we don't have to do that anymore, then we can disagree with each other peacefully. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, I don't want to be saddled with all of those people's issues and all of their demands, and they don't want to be saddled with us either. So let's just agree to disagree and go our separate ways Yep. in peace. So uh, with that in mind, Peakless, you've got another story for tonight. This one's about bankers and green finance. Yep. Uh, what this is, is that? Uh, uh, from unlimitedhangout.com. Alliance- it sounds like all the bad things together. Yeah, Alliance announces, quote-unquote, green plan to transform the global financial system. Hmm. So there was this uh, uh, meetup, the COP26, and uh, most of the people talking about this are really hung up on very minor details. And no one seems to be taking in the big picture of, like, this is a move toward total global control. So let's go ahead and talk about that part. Yeah, what are they proposing here? So the most powerful uh, 
private financial interests in the world, under the cover of the COP26, have developed a plan to transform the global financial system by fusing with institutions like the World Bank and using them to further erode national sovereignty in the developing world. Lovely. Yeah. On Wednesday, an industry, a quote-unquote industry-led and UN-convened, unquote, Alliance of Private Banking and Financial Institutions announced plans at the COP26 conference to overhaul the role of global and regional financial institutions, including the World Bank and IMF, that's uh, International Monetary Fund, Mm -hmm. as part of a broader plan to quote-unquote transform the global financial system. Okay, but what does that actually mean? Well, so this whole thing where we have all of these different countries having different rules where maybe they actually listen to the people in their region from time to time to figure that out. Nah, nah, no more of that. They want banking rules to be set from the top down. Absolutely. I mean, global climate change is a global problem with a global governance solution. Yeah, I'm not really sure what climate change has anything to do with uh, international banking. Well, basically it comes down to if we can stop you from spending your money in bad ways, then we can cut your carbon emissions. Hmm. All right, tell me more. Let's see. Uh, the the officially stated pur- purpose of this proposed overhaul per Alliance members is to promote the transition to a quote-unquote net zero economy. That's a, a, a net zero carbon, carbon emissions. emissions. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, that's ever happened. I mean, since man figured out fire, he has been producing carbon. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good luck, guys. <sighs> However, the group's proposed reimagining of the international financial institutions, according to their recently published progress report, would also move to merge these institutions with the private banking interests that compose the alliance. Create new system of global financial governance, quote-unquote. That sounds scary. Yeah, yeah, it rather does. It's not a global government. It's just global financial governance. To- mm-hmm. Totally different. It's, it's totally different. And erode the national sovereignty among developing countries by forcing them to establish business environments deemed, quote-unquote, friendly to the interests of the alliance members. In other words, the powerful banking interests that compose the group are pushing to recreate the entire global financial system for their benefit under the guise of promoting sustainability. Sure. Yeah, they're just painting the word green on whatever sort of total financial dominion plan that they've got. And that's the thing. I mean, this is this is announcement time, basically. So any of the people who've been like, uh, no, you're a crazy conspiracy theorist. They'll never be doing that. They'll, they'll never institute a global uh, banking control structure. No, they've they've They're announced talking it. about it. Yeah, like they announced it. They came out on COP twenty six. We the bankers are going to save the world from you dirty polluters who <laughs> just think you can spend your money any which way you feel like oh and of course they're going to trot out the uh this ridiculous claim about bitcoin being so bad for the environment right oh it takes so much energy to mine bitcoin we've got to stop bitcoin to save the environment 
Yeah, to save the environment, we've got to make sure that we can keep fueling the largest polluter on the planet, the U.S. military-industrial complex. We've got to make sure that we can keep firing those depleted uranium rounds into whichever place we feel like, anytime we like. Now, of course, the banks aren't going to propose shutting off their own lights and turning off their own computers because, you know, if you add up the total number of computers and overhead lights and all the things that power the banking industry, every ATM machine, all their BS... That's way more than the power consumption of all cryptocurrencies combined. By far. And people will say, but yours is exponentially growing. Have you noticed that our warfare state is also exponentially growing? Cryptocurrency is the way out of this. This is the only way to avoid this global financial catastrophe that is coming and avoid pouring more of your wealth into the violent governments of the world. We're out of time for tonight. Uh, You can join us between now and tomorrow night online over at freetalklive.com. Hey. You are going to love the movie Victimless Crime Spree. It's hilarious, heartwarming, and carries a ton of inspiring freedom messages. Feeling down about the lack of liberty in your life? You need to put on this film with some friends and have a good laugh. It's a true story about me and my friends in New Hampshire living free, singing, dancing, and getting arrested. Of course, it's all on video, and the bad guys, the cops, judges, bailiffs, and sheriffs, they all play their part like it's out of a movie or something. You would think we scripted the whole thing, but it's real life. Go ahead and have a watch, and if it's been a while, have another look. I guarantee you'll notice things now that you didn't notice before. And the best part is that you're going to walk away feeling a renewed sense of your own power. You are the master of your destiny, and you will be free in your lifetime. Victimless Crime Spree.